times of years, and I'm excited too. I've got a few Christmas messages that I'm looking forward to preaching. This is one of them. And we're going to go to the book of Luke this morning, chapter 2. And we're going to start reading in verse 15. The title of my message this morning is, Who is this baby? And you think about this holiday and this Christmas season, and you think about just what an impact that this birth had on the world and what it means that today people are still talking about it and it's still what what an amazing story it is you know we've seen some births in our recent history that made big news i remember um not real long ago i remember when Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie had their baby boy it was just the biggest thing in the world i mean it was just all over the news and I remember everybody was all excited about seeing these babies. And of course, you know, they got them paparazzi and the photographers that are always trying to get pictures of these celebrities. And everybody was wondering, you know, when they were going to get to see the first picture of this famous baby. And I remember, well, I remember watching the news and I saw this picture. And what they did is they didn't want to like bring the baby and let everybody take pictures and stuff. So what they did was they had a wax figure made 
of this baby. And they had this wax figure of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie holding the baby. And this wax figure looked just like uh, their actual baby. And the sad thing was, is I remember seeing all these photographers just snapping pictures of this wax figure of a baby. And I thought, good night. I mean, I thought, what? I mean, what a... What a waste of time. You know, not not that big of a deal. I mean, yeah, they're famous and everything, but everybody just made such a big deal about it, and they even made a big deal about the wax figure. I remember Michael Jackson, and uh, people always wanted to get pictures of his kids and stuff, and I remember he would always make them wear like Halloween costumes out in public. I remember there was a big controversy on the news because uh, these people wanted to get pictures of his kids, and he brought one out and like set it kind of on this balcony. And it had a blanket or something over its face and people were all mad at him for endangering his kids. And I thought, you know, what more danger can he be in than be the child of Michael Jackson? But I remember, you know, his kids were a big deal because he was, he was famous. But you know what? Those things, those people, uh, those births, when they happen, they kind of go away pretty quick. People forget about it. They don't care anymore. There's not people lining up trying to take pictures of a wax figure of this of this uh, Angelina Jolie's baby anymore. They're not doing that, but people are still talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. And I call this message "Who is this baby?" And I and I did that for a reason because uh, we're going to look at different people in the Christmas story and what they said about this baby. But I want to read just three verses to you first. It says, and it came to pass. As the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much, Lord, for Your Word. And we thank You so much for this time of year, Lord. We're able to celebrate Your birth, dear God, and everything that goes with it. And Lord, I thank You so much for sending Your Son to die on a cross for me, dear God. And I thank You so much that You do save us, Lord. And I just pray if there's one here that's lost today, they'll get saved. Lord, before it's too late, in Your name we pray. Amen. So the birth of Jesus, it was. It was unlike the birth of any other in history. His birth, it literally changed everything. This clearly was no ordinary child that was born that day. And we can get a pretty good idea of just who this baby is by the words of the people who saw him and what they called him. And the first one I want to look at is you can find in Luke chapter 1, verse 35. We're going to look at what the angel Gabriel said about Jesus. In Luke 1, 35, of course, Mary... Uh, the angel Gabriel it comes to Mary to tell him that she's going to give birth to a child. That she was going to be with child. She'd never known a man before. Mary was a virgin. And it says, And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Gabriel called him that holy thing. Now that's important because let me tell you, this baby was not like other babies. This baby was holy. You're, you and I, when we were born, well, you know, babies, boy, they're cute. I mean, have you ever seen an ugly newborn baby? I mean, I guess you probably have, but you know what? The truth is, they're all wonderful. They're cute. And especially if it's yours. There's no mother, I don't think, that's ever looked at a newborn baby and thought, 
It's ugly. Okay, you, you think nothing but great things about that child. I remember when Tommy was born, I was a little concerned because in the McMurtry family, we have larger than average heads for some reason. I always try to say it's because of extra brains. Uh, some people think it's water in the brain or something. I don't know. But I remember when he was born, he came out and it was a, it was a long delivery and he had one of the biggest cone heads you ever saw. And I remember I looked at that and I... I asked the doctor, I said, is he okay? Is that, is that normal? And they're like, oh yeah, it'll go down and back to normal. And it did, fortunately. But it had me a little worried there at first. But, uh, when Jesus was born, before, when he was born, he was holy. My kids, my parents said the same thing about me. Your parents probably say the same thing about you. And I could say this about my kids. When they were born, while I loved them, while they were the greatest thing in the world, we quickly found out they were not holy. We quickly found out. They weren't perfect. That they were sinners. My kids, they had tempers pretty early on. Tommy boy, when he was little, he would get when he would get mad, he would hold his breath and pass out. I'm not kidding. He would pass out. I did the same thing, I guess, when I was little. My parents got concerned. They took him to the doctor. They said it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll grow out of it. And fortunately, I did. But Tommy, he was way worse than I was. I'm not. I'm not lying. Once a day, at least once a day, he would pass out. He would, he'd fall and get hurt and start screaming, and he would pass out. I remember at our old church in the nursery, he'd be in there, and the nursery workers would be freaking out because he'd, he'd, he'd pass out. And you know, we told him, said, listen, if he starts, if he, if he gets hurt and he screams, he starts holding his breath, just take him and lay him down. I said, he'll be fine. Otherwise, if he passes out, he might fall and hit something. So we just tell him, lay him down and let him pass out. And, you know, the doctors, we talked to the doctors, they said it was fine. And, uh, he finally grew out of it. You know, just about a month ago, he quit. No, I'm just kidding. But, no, he, no, he grew out of it. And, but let me tell you, he did. He had a temper early on. You know why? Because he was born a sinner. You know where he got that from? He got it from me. You know where I got it from? I got it from my dad. He got it from his dad. And it goes all the way back to Adam. We all got that sin nature. But when Jesus was born, He was born of a virgin. He didn't have an earthly father. The Bible says the Holy Ghost came over. He was conceived of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, He did not have that sin nature. Jesus didn't get mad and hold His breath and pass out. Jesus didn't do all those other things that you have to teach other kids not to do. He was holy from the time He was in His mother's womb until the time that He died on the cross to this very day. He is still holy. He was a holy God. And He was able to, and he was able to be that way because He didn't inherit that sin nature that you and I have. We all got that. We inherited that sin nature from Adam. But thank God we can inherit that new nature through Jesus Christ because He did die on the cross. He paid for our sins. And we can receive that spirit of adoption. And that child that was born that day was a holy child. Many times when these celebrities and things, when they have the baby and everybody's going nuts over it. I remember when Tom Cruise and uh, and his wife had the baby. Everybody made a huge deal about it. But you know what? Many times with these Hollywood people, when they have little children, I feel sorry for those kids. I do because some of them they come. Their parents are very wicked, and they uh, they have very difficult, uh, wicked lifestyles that they are raised in. And I worry, I worry about them. And those, as while as famous as they are and as cute as they might be, they're all natural born sinners. But Jesus Christ was not like that. He was a holy child. And let me tell you, there's never been another that was like that born on this earth. Not one that was ever born holy. Jesus Christ was. The angel Gabriel said that holy thing. And He was holy. 
And He still is holy. And look at what Elizabeth called Him in verse 39. Luke chapter 1, verse 39. Of course, Mary, she's found out that she's with child. She hasn't told anybody. She goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who was quite a bit older than she was. And Elizabeth was a godly woman, just a great woman of God. And Elizabeth, she was pregnant at that time. She got pregnant at a very old age with a man named John the Baptist. John the Baptist was another very special person. But listen to what this says in verse 39. It says, And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord... Wait, I'm going to look to I'm sorry. Luke chapter 1, verse 39. It says, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. Talking about John the Baptist. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. She, Elizabeth, she knew that something was, she knew something was going on. Verse 43 says, And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth called her her Lord. Elizabeth, a godly woman. Her husband Zacharias, the high priest there in Israel. These were godly people. And they, these people, they worshiped God. And notice she called her. She said, the mother of my Lord. Elizabeth knew she got filled with the Holy Ghost. And John, he was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. And even John, that little baby that was grown inside his mother, that a lot of people today think aren't even human beings, he knew that something was going on. And when Jesus was in his presence, Jesus, who according to a lot of people wasn't even a human being yet. He's still in his mother's womb just newly conceived. John the Baptist in his mother's womb knew something was going on. He leaps and his mother could feel that going on inside and she got filled with the Holy Ghost and knew exactly what it was. And she knew that Mary was pregnant. She knew that Mary was pregnant not with an ordinary child, but she knew that she was pregnant with the Lord God Almighty. And Mary and Elizabeth called Him her Lord. Boy, that's so important. Maybe that's it. Jesus Christ, He is Lord. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And what an exciting thing that, that must have been. What, what Mary must have thought when all of a sudden Elizabeth just starts telling her these things. I mean, boy, and, and we, and we see that they were both excited and they rejoiced and they, they knew what was going on, that these things were of God. He wasn't an ordinary baby even while he was in his mother's womb. Nothing like that has ever happened with any other child. But notice what the angels said. Not just the angel Gabriel, but a multitude of angels said in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. It says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The angel said He was a Savior. Notice too how these angels said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Now we believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior. We believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. We believe that. I believe that with all my heart. But notice how they said a Savior. To you, a Savior. These angels that were there in heaven, they were holy angels. They never did get saved. But you know what? Mankind. Jesus was for man. 
We were the fallen race. We were the ones that sinned against God. All of us. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all are sinners and because of that, we deserve to spend an eternity in hell. And those angels, they said there are a multitude. I can't even imagine what that must have been like. I remember when I got to go to Israel, I remember we went to the area where they believed that this happened. And I remember standing there and looking up in the sky and just trying to picture thousands of angels just all there praising God. What an amazing thing that must have been. Listen, there's been kings before that have been born, and there's been thousands of people out there waiting to see, waiting to see the birth of the new king or the new prince or whatever. There's been all kinds of those things, but never has anybody else been born, and there have been a multitude of angels that show up for the event and that rejoice in the event. And that happened that day, and these angels were giving a message to these shepherds and giving a message to us that this child that was born that day is not just another another Jewish baby. This child is a Savior to you. The Savior to you. Not the Savior to them. They were holy angels. But a Savior to us. We could not get to heaven on our own. If we were to go to heaven today as we are, we would corrupt it because of our sin. But thank God, He sent a Savior that was able to cleanse us from our sins and that Savior was that baby that was born that day in that manger. And the angels were right. And they said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. One of the reasons we give gifts on Christmas, it's a reminder of the gift that God gave this earth. And that gift was Jesus Christ. He gave His only begotten Son. Thank God for that. The angel said He was a Savior. Simeon, this is another neat story in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 25. This isn't long after Jesus was born, but they had, of course, Jesus being a Jew, his parents, they brought him up in all the Jewish customs. They did everything. Jesus did every single thing in his life that a Jew was supposed to do. He fulfilled every ceremony that they did, all the everything. He did it all. And so they brought Jesus to this priest named Simeon in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. And it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. This guy knew that before he died, he was going to get to see the Messiah. He was going to get to see the Christ. He knew that. God had revealed it to him. The Holy Ghost was on this man. And at this point, boy, he's probably old and it's been all these years, but he believed that someday before he died, his eyes would be allowed to behold the Messiah. And so we see here in verse 26, or in verse 27, and he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms, and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest Thou Thy servant depart in peace according to Thy word. For mine eyes have seen Thy salvation. Right there, that's so exciting. He looked at him and it was revealed of the Holy Ghost. He looked at that child and he knew. And man, I can just picture, he gets excited and he goes over there and he takes that child and he looks at him and he says, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace. You know what? He was ready to go. So I'm, my work here on earth is done. I'm ready to die. I have seen 
the salvation of God. And then he says in verse 31, which thou hast prepared before the face of all the earth. And this verse ought to excite us right here, verse 32, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Simeon called him a light to lighten the Gentiles. You and I in here today, we're all Gentiles. Unless you have Jewish blood in you, you're a Gentile. Before all those sacrifices and all those things they did, it was for the Jews. They were God's chosen people. God didn't do a whole lot with the Gentiles during that time. But there was a prophecy. There was a prophecy in the Old Testament about a light that was going to come that was going to be a light to the Gentiles. And that light was Jesus Christ. And Simeon saw that and he knew that his work as a priest was done. You know, that's why we don't sacrifice animals anymore. We don't need to do that. The final sacrifice was made with Jesus Christ. We don't do all those Old Testament ceremonial things that looked forward to the coming Messiah. He's already come and fulfilled those things. Now we look back on it. We don't have to do those things anymore. That is done. And thank God that now us Gentiles, we have a place with God. We have access to God. And we have it through Jesus Christ because we have that light. That light that came to the world. Simeon called him a light. And then right after that, we see another person named Anna. Anna was a prophetess. Look in verse 36 of the same chapter. It says, "...and there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years." So she was married for seven years and she'd been a widow for 84 years. So this woman is easily in her hundreds. This is a very, very old woman. It says, And she was a widow of about four score and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of Him to all them that looked for redemption in Israel. She also knew who Jesus was when she saw Him. She spoke of Him and she spoke to all them that look for redemption. And of the prophetess, she called Him the Redeemer. The Redeemer. What a wonderful name that is. We are, if you're saved today, you are the redeemed. Your sins have been paid for. It's been taken care of before those the Jewish people, they could go and they could make those sacrifices and they could do the different things for redemption of sin. But that was only temporary. And then the Gentiles, they didn't really have anything they could do. But as she said, for all of you that seek for redemption, you can find it in this man, in this child right here, this little baby. Can you imagine what those people must have thought? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say what went through the minds of all those people. But can you imagine somebody just taking a little baby and saying, looking at that child and saying, I have seen salvation. This is where you can find Redemption in this little child? It must have made people just think all kinds of things. But that child, it was no ordinary child. The wise men, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 2, the wise men, now they are traditionally a part of the Christmas story. But the truth is, the wise men, they're only mentioned in the book of Matthew and in chapter 2. And the wise men, actually, they didn't show up at the manger like you see in all the nativity scenes and in the stories. The wise men actually didn't come along until Jesus was probably two years old. It says in Matthew chapter 2, it says, Now when Jesus 
uh, was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. So when he was born, these wise men, they saw this star. They saw something in the sky. They knew that the Messiah was born. And they began a journey to Israel that probably took them a couple of years uh, before they got there. And it says, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And Herod the king had heard these things and he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. So right here we see these wise men, they come and then they, they follow that star and then we see they come to a house. Not the manger, but they come to the house where Jesus was just a small child. And they went and they worshipped him. And the Bible says they gave unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You can read that. Uh, in verse 11 it says, when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. These, uh, these wise men, they came and they gave these gifts and they said they were looking for the king of the Jews. The wise men called him the king. And the truth was, at that time, Herod was the king. And boy, Herod, he took offense to this. Another king has been born? And you all probably you've heard the story. Herod at that point he went and he let out this command for every child to and under, every male child to be killed. And they went and they did. They went and they killed all the children, but God protected them. God sent these wise men along at the right time. They gave Jesus these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I, I it's my belief that that's what they used to kind of fund their expenses on their trip because they had to take him to Egypt for a while until uh, until Herod had died. And these wise men came and they recognized who He was, that He was the rightful King of the Jews. Jesus, his uh, and the, the line that He came from, Jesus was actually the rightful King. They were under Roman rule at that time. So Jesus wasn't the official King of Israel as far as the world was concerned. But the truth was, He was the King. And He is the King today. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. They realized that royalty had been born that day. Not just earthly royalty, but heavenly royalty had been born that day. They realized that this was a very, very special child. John, John the Apostle, the beloved disciple, look at what he said in John chapter 1. I love this passage of Scripture. I love it. Listen, there's a lot of groups out there that they'll try to tell you that Jesus was a good man. Some will say that Jesus was a prophet. Some religions, uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they, they'll tell you that. They don't believe what I'm about to read you right now that the Bible clearly says. The Bible says in John 1.1, 1, 1, "...in the beginning was the Word," with a capital W, "...and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Here we clearly see that it's talking about God right here. It's talking about the Creator. The one that we read about in Genesis 1.1 that says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I think it's interesting how it calls Him the Word right here. Because the truth is, we can't see God today, but we do have His Word. And the Bible says, or God said that He's exalted His Word above His name. A lot of people do things in the name of God or in the name of Jesus Christ, but if they don't line up with the Word of God, then you don't have to listen to them. What they're doing is wrong. We're supposed to follow His Word. This is the closest thing that we have to God on this earth. We have His very words that God spoke. 
And it says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And then it goes on and it tells about a man named John who was sent to bear witness of the light. It says John wasn't that light, but he was there to bear witness. He was there to point people to that light, to tell people who the light was. And and then we're going to skip down to verse 14. Notice it says, And the Word, with a capital W again. Remember, that's talking about God. It's very clear. It's talking about God here. God Almighty. It says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word was made flesh. You know what that was talking about? That's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. He was God Almighty. John said that He was God. And and John was absolutely right. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. He was 100% man just like you and I. He got hungry. He suffered pain. He suffered horrible pain on the cross. But He didn't have that sin nature. You know why? Because this was God that was walking on the face of this earth. It was God that they put on the cross that day. Jesus Christ was God. This baby that was born was God. Can you imagine? There's a song called The Wonder of Wonders that they sing. And it talks about Mary and what it must have been like for her to hold that baby and to know that in her arms, in her very hands, was God. The Creator of the earth. I can't even imagine what that must have been like. But boy, a lot of people knew it. The wise men, they knew it. And they went and they bowed down and they worshipped Him. You know, that would be kind of humbling going and bowing and worshipping a two-year-old. But this, they weren't humbled by it. They weren't ashamed to do it because they knew that this two-year-old was God. This was not an ordinary baby. When we celebrate Christmas, we're not celebrating the birth of an ordinary baby. We're celebrating the birth of God on earth. There was no man that could save us. God had to do it. God had to come. And God came in the flesh. And He dwelt among us. And it says, "...they beheld His glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth." Bible says also that in verse 11 it says He came unto His own and His own received Him not. There were many that rejected who He was. There were many that when Jesus said that He was God, they got angry. They tried to kill Him. They thought they called Him a blasphemer. But Jesus, He told the absolute truth. You know, for any religion to say, or any group, any person, to say that Jesus Christ was not God is... Is really, it's really the ultimate insult on Christ because they're basically saying He was a liar. Listen, if I got up here today and I told you all, I'm God, what would you all think of me? You would say, He's crazy. He's full of Himself. You know, He's a liar. Because the truth is, I'm not. You cannot say that you are God and be a good person unless it's true. And Jesus Christ, He either was God or He was one of the biggest liars and the biggest phonies that ever walked the face of the earth. And I believe that He was God. I believe what He said. Jesus Christ was God. He was not just a good man. He was not just a prophet. He was God. The Bible itself says it. Jesus was God. And then the last thing I want you to notice what was said about Jesus. And we're going to look at the very words 
of Mary. In Luke chapter 1, verse 46, Mary, no doubt, was a very special woman chosen by God to raise her son. No, no doubt, she was a special woman. A very good woman. To this day, you know, people still talk about her. But you know what? Very sad though, there are many people today who think that they need to worship Mary. And I want to show you some things about Mary that she said about herself. It says in Luke chapter 1, verse 46, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Mary called him her she called him my savior. Now why would Mary call Jesus my savior? Why would Mary call a child that was born to her her savior? Well, I can tell you why cuz Mary was a sinner. That's why we all need a savior. That's why the angel said unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. You know who needs saviors? Sinners. Sinners need saviors. Mary was a sinner too. Mary in our eyes was a good person, but Mary in the eyes of God was a sinner. And as because she was a sinner, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Not just talking about a physical death, but an eternal spiritual death, which means an eternity in hell. And Mary was on her way to hell, and that's why she needed a Savior. I was on my way to hell at one point, and that's why I needed a Savior, and that's why I called on Christ. And Mary called Him her Savior because Mary was a sinner. Mary was on her way to hell. And Mary also knew that her child was the only one that could save her. The reason I'm on my way to heaven today is because I called on the only one who could save me, and that was Jesus Christ. That was this baby that was born that we that we celebrate. I, I called on the name of the Lord. The Bible says, "...for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord." Shall be saved. His name is Jesus Christ. Many people say, "Well, I'm not going to go through Christ. I just I go directly to God." Well, you know what? You can't really you can't do that. Jesus said, "No man can come unto the Father but by Me." We have access to God today through Jesus Christ. And Mary knew that her child was the only one that could save her. Save her. That's why we talk about Jesus Christ here. You know, that's why we have crosses here. We, you know, I saw uh, in Washington, D.C., they have the one church, I forgot what it's called, but they've got crosses and menorahs and you know symbols from all the different religions. So, includes everybody. And I'm not trying to put down other religions, but I am here to say that everybody in this world, one thing we all have in common is we're all sinners. Another thing we all have in common is we're all on our way to hell because of that sin. And another thing we all have in common is Jesus Christ is the only one who can save us. And He's the one that we need to call on. And Mary called on Him. Mary believed in Christ and willingly received the gift of salvation. I believe we can look here in Luke chapter 1, and I, I, I could be wrong on this, but I believe we can see in this passage the very moment where Mary got saved herself. It says in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 45, she calls him, or, or it says in verse 45, says, And blessed is she that believed. This is Elizabeth talking. Talking about Mary, he says, And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which are told her from the Lord. You know what? When you see that term there, blessed is she that believed. In Hebrews, we see several people that are mentioned that the Bible says that they believed. 
And it was accounted unto them for righteousness. That when Abraham believed God and he left the earth of Chaldees, they... That was his moment when he got saved. Rahab the harlot, when she believed and she uh, allowed, she put put that scarlet thread out for those spies in the battle of Jericho. It was a count under her for righteousness. There's all these people says when they believed. And notice in verse 26 of chapter one, it says, "And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary." And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus." And he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Mary at first is like, how can that happen? How can I give birth to somebody when I have never been with a man? And the angel said unto her, he explains it. We read this passage. said, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. I believe at that moment Mary got saved. I could be wrong, but I believe that's the moment that she got saved. At first she kind of wondered, but when she believed, and it says, Elizabeth said that, and blessed is she that believed. At first, boy, she had her doubts. At first she wondered, how can this be? But then it says, she believed. And I believe Mary got saved at that moment. Mary, Mary received that gift of salvation. Mary allowed it. She said, be it unto thee. She, she was okay with it. You know, when it comes to salvation, you've got it, you've got to agree on that. Jesus offers that gift to the entire world, but not everybody wants to receive it. There has to come a time and a place in your life where you say, Lord, I accept that gift of salvation. Lord, I want you to save me. And Mary did that on that day. Mary got saved. Mary needed, Mary, even Mary needed to be saved. We all need to be saved. And out of all these things that these people call God, and we all can, they were all right. But one thing that all of us need to be able to call Jesus Christ is the same thing Mary called him, and that is my Savior. The one who saved my soul. So with that, let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed. If the Lord spoke to your heart, I hope you come. There may be one in here today you've never, you never received that gift of salvation. You've never accepted it. I'm here to tell you that today God is offering it to you. God wants to give it to you and He will give it to you if you'll just receive it. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't want to wait too long. Receive that gift. We don't know how much time we have on this earth. But if you'll come and just pray and ask the Lord to forgive you your sins, He will. 
be faithful and just to forgive you. It says the pianist plays, the Lord spoke to your heart. I hope you'll come.